So in this episode, I'm talking to Tom Deacon, and he's a fellow indie maker. His, his most successful project is Redstone HR. It's an HR tool for law firms, but at the same time, he's still looking out for new ideas. And yeah, this is obviously what we talk about. And we are brainstorming problems. We're accounting ourselves in our indie maker journey. So for example, we talk about outsourcing work about the problems with Upwork and how to improve it. And another thing we talk about is matchmaking, how to make connections with like-minded people, what could be a better way to do this and actually turn it into a product. I think the conversation was really fun. Enjoy. Have you used Upwork either as a client or as a freelancer? Just, just as a client. And I, I think it's the... Uh... Yeah, I, I agree with what you what you mentioned. That the the signal to noise is massive. You get some people on the the, the noise signal rather. The the quality is very mixed, and the platform works okay. But the, there should be some way of sifting some filtering system that's more effective. Yeah. So my experience with it was I hi, I so I was hiring a contractor to do some work on Redstone, my my product, which is still running, and the I hired had multiple people do interviews because yeah I wanted to interview the person beforehand and the I'd say I interviewed there were five people who seemed okay to me and I wanted to get one or two people of the five and I well yeah two of them just completely lied about what their technical skills were I wanted people with view who'd use view and they said they did and they did not. I asked them to write a for loop in, they were unable to do it. And yeah, yeah. absolutely true. Everyone is, everyone is lying. Yeah. Uh, and also I, my experience, it's horrible. Uh, yeah. I'll tell I'll tell you that the, the, the remaining of those, the two people who were the final two, I hired, I, I hired, I hired both of them. I said, yeah. And I sent them my code base, added them to my, my ticket board. And then one of, and one of them said, oh yeah, it sounds great. And then he sent me a message back a few days later saying, oh yeah, having, having some difficulties. And I'm missing him back. Okay. What are the difficulties? Didn't hear back from him. Three days later, sent another message saying, Hey, how's it going? Haven't heard back from you. And that was it. I never heard from, I never heard from him again. So he has a copy of my code base somewhere, but I mean, that's, he doesn't have the data. Of course, he doesn't have the client data, but. Yeah, that was what the one person, and then the other person I hi I hired, who was okay, but he was, who he had it was the kind of worst, friendly guy, but the kind of worst contractor to hire, whereby the code that he writes is on first glance it looks okay, but then and you you go into it and you think oh yeah yeah and he's done the eighty percent, but then it's the twenty percent that takes. And it it's work if, if, if you had done it from scratch. Exactly. Exactly. And, exactly. and that's what I ended up doing. I hired him and, and, and then I would go, okay, yeah, well, I've just got to fix these little things, fix these little things. And then you know, two hours later, I think, okay, I sh it would have been faster for me to start this from scratch. And, and, yeah. and, now, and now the crazy thing is that this happens for any kind of job. So it, it's, it's not just for technical jobs. It's really for anything you can imagine. It's so crazy. So for example, I wanted to prepare a little training data set for um, a machine learning model I was building. Awesome. And you know, then you, you always need some manual data first, so you can, the, the, the model can, can learn what it should sure. be uh, looking for. So, and uh, you have to do it manually, it's work and it's perfect to outsource it because it's, 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 not, it's, it's not hard, right? You look at the data set, provide instructions. Okay, here, please always pick the name of the startup and the amount of money they raised, right? And put it into an Excel sheet from this list of news articles, what, whatever, right? This is trivial and incredible. So it, it, it's no joke. I've hired five different, five, because you know, if also with the interviewing, it's, all, it's also costing too much time. I'm just, yeah. here, here are 10, <laughs> I don't yeah, care, yeah. Just, just do it, right? And like the people who, who seem best and no, it, I ended up doing it myself because the quality is not good enough, frankly. And it's crazy. And I was, I was not looking in the, like, I'm, I'm never hiring the cheapest people because I truly believe you always get what you pay for. 
But yeah, I, I don't know. Even if I'm paying, I mean, for this kind of job, if I'm paying $12, $15 an hour, that's crazy, right? <laughs> that's, that's, that's not cheap, right? You can theoretically get people for $5, $3, I don't know. And yes, yeah. if you're doing that, then expect low quality work, probably. But no, it's like the idea is so beautiful that you can just outsource work. It's, it's so beautiful. Everyone talks about it. But yes, but do you actually do that? So <laughs> it's so hard. And I know even for, for there are these alternatives like top till, right? Yeah. Um, and even there, people are just lying about what they're able to do. And they always say they are able to do it unless you're re then really pushing and saying, okay, now here's this thing, how would you build it, right? And if you know a thing or two, you know immediately that this guy has no idea what he's talking about. And I mean, TopTel, they're charging $80 an hour, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much money ends up in the freelancer's pocket, okay? But yeah, even like, like if you're paying a premium, you still need to do some serious vetting yourself. And that's so much work, it's, it's crazy. So at least, yeah, it's, it's not feasible in my opinion, and also like churn is incredible on these freelancers because of their experience. And this happens all the time. I know from people doing e-commerce, whatever, their virtual assistants just vanish. From one day another, they are gone. Like they are responsible for um, customer support and it, it works well for a few weeks and then they are just, just vanished and you get lots of angry messages. Okay, what is going on? And yeah, also lots of scams, of course. I'm very curious, do you have any ideas now that we already dove into here, how to fix it? So I think one thing, one thing that TopTal does badly is that the, the tests, the testing, so that for people who don't know, yeah, TopTal is, it's meant to get the very top develop, top developers and top, top software engineers. I think they say like top 10% or something like that of freelance workers and Yeah, I suppose the world is a very big place. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's even true. They, one of the ways they do their tests is they just have their, all the tests that when I was looking at it, the tests they have is they just have dynamic programming questions. So they have very artificial, very specific standard, like programming puzzles that the FANG companies use, um, which I think are for most companies are a really, really poor test of how good a developer is going to be. It's so dynamic programming. So an example of that of a question like that would be, would be to like, you're given a certain number of coins. So you're given a coin of a five, a three and a two, and you have to calculate all the combinations of, of coins that will get, that will add up to a certain number, say 10. And you can have your five twos, you can have two fives, you can have a five, a three and a two and so on. That's not what startup programming consists of and even things like doing like doing things like writing a merge sort or writing a quick sort that that you would never do that in practice because you just use a plugin and you just you, or call your sort Lively, yeah. yeah and so th there's a problem there in that they're they're using a a test it's, it's very hard to test developers but there are there are better ways than that so that that's one failing in my opinion from the top tiles doing it. but it's that's a very easy it's a very easy way to test people because there are loads of programming puzzles and you don't need to install anything you can just use online code editor so yeah when i when i was interviewing for for some clients some some hedge funds when i was doing interviews for them for senior developers i just wouldn't ask any of those questions and i'd get them to build projects similar mini mini projects similar to what i what, what i had been doing for the hedge funds or what the hedge funds were doing uh, but that does take time so that's one problem with 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 top tile i think maybe with upwork you could have some sort of guarantee whereby a person has to post a certain amount of like, collateral they need to put in a hundred dollars or however much and then they only get that back if they complete the work or something like that some sort of financial security it sounds radical but that so, might work yeah for the freelancer also because of course the, yeah. the 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 person who's doing the hiring already has to do it right yeah exactly so, the, the freelancer has to post some collateral for the job and if they so then if they disappear then the collateral is paid out i think that yeah, would I, lots of 
Go, sorry, Jack, go ahead. No, I was just about to say that I really like that. I think that's, that's really cool. Because even if the shop, that's going to scare off a load of freelancers and think, yeah, I'm not going to post 500 pounds or have $500 or whatever, but that's, you do, that's what you want. You want to scare off the people who aren't willing to post that and you only get the people who are really serious and know that, yeah, know that that's no problem than posting that money because they're going to do a good job and they have integrity. Yeah. And so this seems like a really good solution. And of course, the, the money shouldn't go to the, to the client, to the, to the person who did the hiring, but to the marketplace or whatever. Yeah. Or charity, whatever, right? Do it. There are ways to do it in a non-shady way. And this actually would make a lot of sense, but because it also would signal, yeah, you get so many applications and they are all automated. They didn't re even read the prompt, uh, the job descriptions, right? It's, it's, it's ridiculous at this point. And Upwork is already implementing some stuff. So you get a certain amount of credits per month so that you can, can, can use to apply to jobs. They already have that, but it's apparently not, not working good enough because I don't know how people got around it or if you can just, you can probably just buy, you, you get, you get spam and uh, yeah. So uh, there was this incredibly cool app called Magic. Uh, yeah, haven't yeah. used it, but they, that, I, I was impressed by their cold emailing because I signed up, didn't use them, but, and they, they, their follow-up was every three days, they'd send me another drip email and they definitely kept mindshare with me. And our fifth or sixth email, I thought, oh yeah, I will have another look at it. I haven't used it though. Have you used it? I've tried, but, but unfortunately they have pivoted so for people who don't know they they started yeah as an app and you can just like text messaging you can just send them a task and they will take care of it and you you don't have to know who's doing it and what's going on it's it, it, like the stuff just gets done and the idea was of course that this is just for okay i want to book a cheap flight from here to there whatever or find out what's the best what's the cheapest i don't know basic tasks and I'm not sure how well it would work with more technical, with more um, complex projects. But I, yeah, it, it would be magic, right? If you can find this out. But now they, they are basically just a matchmaker. So they just match you with a virtual assistant. Like it's like onlinejobs.ph, if you're familiar, familiar with that site, but um, with a more personal touch. So you get like a, a concierge who hops on a call with you and finds out what your needs are. And then he will su suggest an assistant for you and you okay. pay a fixed fee per month and whatever. Yeah, that's obvious, obviously not the same and you still have the same issues. Yeah, I mean, you have, they take care of a few of the issues because if your assistant vanishes, you get a replacement, and, yeah. but still it's, it's a hassle. It's, it's yeah. not magic. It's not magic yeah. anymore. <laughs> You've lost the magic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, th yeah. That, that's at least better. I've the virtual assistants that I've tried were on Fiverr and they, yeah, extremely humble. <laughs> they would drop out and they, yeah, I would have liked at least some, uh, like a replacement to be slotted in. So that's better. When did you last, have you, have you tried them since they pivoted? Yes. Only magic. after the pivot. I, 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 ah. ne I never tried it before. So I actually didn't know if it ever was magic, but I can only report that currently it's not magic. <laughs> so, but, but I, I, I mean, if we, if we would go crazy for a minute, right. And what would be the ideal solution to this problem? And the problem is that, I mean, regular guys like you and me, entrepreneurs, makers, whatever, with not infinitely deep pockets would mm -hmm. like to outsource some work, right. And we can't hire a full-time work or whatever but there are oftentimes very basic tasks that or maybe also more complex tasks like some coding whatever that just needs to get done and it shouldn't be it shouldn't take more time to find a freelancer to interview them to devise tests for them to write the project descriptions and like getting back to them oh this is wrong can you fix it and you're yeah you're really spending like three three times the time you would have spent yeah. if you just did it and it's simply not true that this is a matter of skill or whatever. It, it's, it's not getting better. It's not you. It's the system, right? It's just how things work. And if we would go crazy, as I said, and what would be the dream solution? I mean, 
yeah, like magic, right? You, you ideally you have like a telegram channel, which is my mm. preferred channel of communication, right? And it's just, and yeah. you, you, you maybe pay, you think about paying a flat fee or per job and you can just post your, your, your job there, all the details in this channel or however it's handled and it would be easy with telegram right because the api and you can do cool stuff there and then someone would take care of it magic right and you would get the result handled for you and i think that seems like the solution and of course it doesn't have to be telegram maybe email or something but yeah really take out the friction and i would love that like imagine i would um, just have to open up telegram and okay i need these news articles extract the following information this is my sample and the guy who 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 monitors the telegram channel like on the back end right on the Mm. other hand is is a professional he's native english speaker so he doesn't need like thousands of details and nitty-gritty but you can actually talk to him like yeah like we are talking right and it's it's low hassle and you can just say okay can you please do please do that and he will like then, okay, the backend machinery will start working. He he has a pool of workers and know who know, who he knows is reliable because yeah. they are like full time staff for him, and they don't drop out. Or even if they do, they just simply get replaced because it's their job. And would then immediately reply, okay, or you could even post your budget or whatever, and um, maybe you would get back, okay, this would will cost a little bit more, and mm-hmm. then magic yeah it, w- it would just happen and you will get it back uh, you can even share files in telegram so um, yeah. that would be my dream solution yeah and the yeah it's like a it's like someone who's running a digital in software it's like a digital agency but just catering to ad hoc work in a really smooth way exactly um, that's a good way of putting it yeah and so, does it exist i don't know but um, i've searched and i didn't find anything and if yeah. this exists, please someone tell me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sign up in. in and, yeah. Uh... And I, yeah. I don't. I, I don't know. I know lot, lots of agencies, but it's nowhere near. It's 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 not smooth like that. It's it's just like it's this. It's yeah. the same problem. You have yeah. to hop on a, on a an onboarding call with a, find out is are they the real deal or yeah you need to interview yeah, I remember them and seeing... it's a different price here. Completely. Yeah. I remember getting calls from Max in Ukraine as part of an agency looking at what I was wanting to do. And yeah. And on the price tiers, I said, oh, the budget is this. It's just, I just want some, a a few, kind of a few hours a week or five hours a week or something. Yeah. And it was kind of way below what he he was looking for a big enterprise style project, which I wasn't going to give him. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, it seems like it, it, I don't think it's, it's complex. It's a very complex project to pull, pull it off, right? It's, it seems very easy and you don't need anything or not much to, to, to start with. So, because you just need to know how to navigate the freelance ecosystem, whatever, and then build up over time a catalog of reliable freelancers who you work yeah. with regularly and even maybe hire full time at some point. But to start with, yeah, just just be the, the magic middleman and take care of everything. And that would be so cool. And yeah. really for these for these easy, easy low tier tasks, I still think you can make make solid money here. Yeah. Yeah. What were the what most going back I, I agree. Going back to what you were saying before, Jacob, what what errors were they making when they were tagging the the training data or the examples? It was it was just wrong. It was right. simply not the, the the name of the startup or it wasn't like the name of the investors or names were missing. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I like the idea a lot. And I actually have a related idea that's also on the list and definitely um, in the same niche, which I call 99 Designs for X. And I was wondering what you're that familiar, was. Yeah, you're familiar with 99 Designs? I th- I, yes, it's online site of it's of landing pages. No, oh, any kind okay. of design work. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot like Fiverr, but for just for no, no, no. Okay. It works differently because you you can start a contest and people can submit their work to the contest and then you pick a winner and the winner gets Ooh. the prize. 
And so you say you want a new cover image for your podcast or a new mm -hmm. logo for your business or a new book cover or really any kind of yeah, design work. And you put up the briefing, um, what you want, what you like, and you will get dozens of submissions and you pick the best one. That's how it works. And I was just wondering why doesn't that exist for, for more types of work and for, to give a very specific example machine learning would be mm. very obvious to me and i know there's there's kaggle which is yeah. is kind of similar but can you as an individual ho host a competition on kaggle i believe you can oh you can i i sign in competitions host a competition yeah 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 right but 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 what i'm about to say it's definitely only for big companies it's yeah, yeah if you're coca-cola if you're yeah. nestle and yes <laughs> if you're if you're if you're Merck, if you're santander if you're microsoft <laughs> exactly but like, obviously 99 designs is again a tier below it's not just for these big brands it's and this is i mean how design work probably always has has been working but and um, like we have agencies applying for the new logo job at coca-cola whatever and they present their designs and they decide okay and this is just put it into the digital world and yeah and democratized it so everyone yeah. it, it's i could literally start like a competition there right now and get results immediately and as far as i know for for example for machine learning this is currently not possible and for example i would need a machine learning model that does x right and why yeah why not it seems very doable that kaggle style people just submit their models and i pick a winner and they get hate right i would love to use it <laughs> another from the category i would become a user immediately because currently yeah what what options do you have you can of course again try to hire a freelancer on upwork but quality will be yeah your results my worry and this seems to me like a much much better solution for all parties involved and although i guess the yeah the people who come forth put in work but don't get paid yeah that's the nature of the game mad yeah. style yeah well, yeah <laughs> i'm just i wonder how much i bet i'm not, not going to bother but i bet i bet you'd get i think well, i think i've looked at it before on yeah a machine learning task on fiverr like 355 an hour <laughs> And that's not, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the total fee, not the training, um, training server fee. And I, I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of a fair market, right? And people are not forced yeah. to do, to apply, right? And it, it, it will depend on the price money you're willing to put on the line. So if you have a budget of 10,000, I don't know, $20,000, you will get a lot of submissions, but if you only, I don't know want to put $100, then yeah. expect not too many. I mean, that's, mm. that's perfectly fine. But I think because this is such a big issue and lots of people could, and I think honestly, this is something that's just getting started that a lot of people could use machine learning models, but don't have the infrastructure or knowledge to actually do it. And the, the, the funny thing is that if you, if you have some knowledge, And once you, you are familiar with the infrastructure, it's not too hard to, to provide value to a lot of people because you can usually just use an existing model and fine tune it, right? You can just use GPT-2, Spacey, whatever, like all these cool existing mo pre-trained models. And then you just have to fine tune them a little bit. And once you get the hang of it, you can do this at scale. And it would be easy to apply to all kinds of competitions with your fine tuned models. And yeah, fine tuning as a service. And if you merge this with 99 designs, I think it could work. And I would, again, be a happy customer immediately. So yeah. what else? And, uh, Do you have any other idea what could be 99 designed? One thing that I think would, uh, 99 designs wouldn't, it works well where there are discrete tasks. So a design task or a, a machine learning, you're classifying, classifying images, let's say. It, it wouldn't work well where It might not work well on a programming task where they would have to download your, yeah, if you have to put your code base online for everybody to download and then yeah. uh, parts of it won't work and you have to, they'll, you know, there'll be some discussion. So where, where are the discrete tasks? Well, I think like 
some programming will work, like designing, translating, translate, like translating what I said earlier, translating a design, a Figma design, let's say to HTML, you could definitely do that. But there's probably not enough creativity, I guess. So that's the issue because exactly. they are not, how do you pick a winner, right? Because they, <laughs> yes. are, they are probably multiple valid answers. And Great. I think this, and yeah, maybe something with music could work, of course, where you need like a podcast, a podcast intro song, something like that could work. Um, I think, yes. I think, so I think, I think as you're saying, it's, yeah, you're right. The other element is it's discreet and it's creative. Are, although I, I do like the idea where they're where it's not that creative, just translating a styling, it could be like a timed challenge and the first person <laughs> for to, yeah, and then test pass yeah, or whatever, test pass. Yeah, but then you again would need quality control and it gets, gets sure. complex, right? So sure. tweets, 99 designs for tweets. You submit your profile and people um, can submit tweets and you <laughs> pick the winner. <laughs> that's, that's discreet and creative. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever tried, have you ever, that's an interesting idea anyway, just have you ever hired, tried hiring someone to write a tweet for you? Checking no, it but it's, uh, it's, it's on my list and I actually hmm. checked that the domain tweetsondemand.com is still available and I thought this would be a fun experiment to, to try it because these tweet writing helpers are popular and hmm. now if we again brainstorm, okay, what could we offer at 10x the price or mm -hmm. we cut the price by 90% or whatever, right? You, you always have this huge room um, for exploration and like would people be willing to pay, I don't know, 300 bucks instead of 30 bucks for one of these automated tools um, for tweeting done for you? I bet they would. I bet they would because um, building in public and tweeting is just a, a marketing channel that, that actually does work. And at the same time, people are busy. Not everyone wants to learn how to tweet. And if if you can actually have this kind of service where, yeah, you, you hop on a call, of course, like what, what are the themes? I'm looking at your profile. What's your message? And there are certain formulas. And of course, it should be on brand. So not, <laughs> not random. And maybe, and that would make sense that, I don't know if any of the tools actually allows this, but just get these tweets and still have to post it yourself or schedule the setups. You still have like this quality control in between. Mm -hmm. So you're not giving a, a stranger because I mean, this is already happening for all the rich and, and famous people already, right? They have a team, sure. a social sure. media team tweeting for them. Yeah. And in a sense, you could democratize it. And in this sense, like offer this luxury um, at an affordable level. And you would live between these like, okay, at the lowest tier, we have um, eBooks for $5 being sold on Gumroad that give you formulas what to tweet, right? Mm -hmm. Or even free my website, whattweet.com. And then you have at $30 tools like Hype Fury, Tweet Hunter, and it's whatever. Strong, that Tweet Hunter is, is, is one. And they yeah. help you brainstorm. And also Hype Fury has like prompts um, that help you come up with ideas. And um, Tweet Hunter, they had at least they had some machine learning. So it would use GPT-3 to generate tweets, but that's actually illegal or against yeah. their terms of service. You're not allowed yeah. to do that. So I'm not yeah. sure if they are still doing it or if they switched to a different model. I have no idea. But anyway, like, like lowest tier, then you have like this still low tier, $30 or something they're costing. And then you have like $3,000 for a social media team. But yeah. who's living in between? And yeah. Sounds like a fun experiment, and I yeah. seriously toyed with the idea of doing it. Yeah, the I think, yeah, particularly well, particularly for you, Jacob, with having many Twitter followers, and so it's kind of like you can. There's a strong, there's strong evidence that you're able to write tweets that people like. Actually, actually, I'm not, but I'm okay. I. I I should qualify that because I'm very much doing on, on purpose, on a no audience building, right? So in principle, I know what <laughs> I would need to do to, to increase my follower account, but I'm, I'm not doing it because uh -huh. I think I should, my, my time should be spent elsewhere, which is precisely the point, right? <laughs> it's currently not a good return of investment for me to spend a lot of time tweeting, except yeah for the stuff that I like to tweet and not just not tweeting to get to get followers, but to connect with people I care about.
right? These these are different different modes in a in a sense. And I I I, I have crazy ideas along these lines. So hear me out. Building in top building in public is hot, right? And it's it's a great marketing strategy, but it's also a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I mean, tweeting is just one element of that. So what if you had a person shadowing you, uh, what you do, and then like, yeah, publish, publish the, 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 doing the building in public, like writing the, the email newsletter with updates on what you do and tweeting, I don't know, <laughs> would be again, I mean, this already exists at a, at a high price level, obviously, like who some, I don't, I don't know, lots of politicians in Germany have like their yeah. team tweeting for them and doing this kind of stuff, obviously. But like regular people are not uh, having access to this kind of could be cool. And uh, starting with tweets would be would be like an easy way to start. And then you could move on to emails or even vlogs or whatever, ever kind of building in public uh, content works. Yeah, I like it. And, and it's not the service isn't I'm just imagining that they could go into they could be seeing on your your Kanban board, your list of tickets and kind of see what you've done, see what you've just moved into completed. And then maybe even put a screenshot on that and then they can write a little description about you, what you've just done and what's going to be shipped soon. That's, um, exactly. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not fully convinced that this is feasible. So the Twitter idea is probably better, but it's, it's just a crazy thought I had at some point. And because I, um, I suppose that's, that's like a, that's, yeah, it's like a, a social, social media team as a service. It's not, so yeah, what, the, the second part would be the social media team as a service. And it's just someone to publicize what you are doing already for you. And it's not generating, they're not, the aim in that one, the aim isn't for them to just kind of generate interesting tweets in themselves. It's to tell, it's the aim is to tell you, is to show what you are doing which hopefully is interesting. Yeah, and, and I mean, there are obviously want to treat like Naval, right? I want to treat fortune cookie um, wisdom. And you could offer that, right? And this is what I mean. Like, it, it just has to be on. And if you're like, let's say you're part of Money Twitter and this thread bro culture, okay, that's a specific way of writing tweets. And you could offer that. And building in public is another, is another type. Like, you just need to understand the person. And I'm pretty sure that some founders are already doing it. I'm pretty, pretty sure. And obviously they're not talking about it because it would take away some of the magic because there are many people where people wonder, how do they do this, right? They, they, they are, they are, their startup is growing like crazy. They're shipping all the features and still find the time to tweet 10 times a day. Like, okay, I get it. Like for VCs or whatever, that's probably feasible but i'm not fully convinced that for startup founders <laughs> it is it really is and i don't want to name any names but just my my personal pet theory well i'll name one one name since you've already named him if given that one of naval ravikant's naval's tweets is something like outsource everything that you can or if it's if it would cost if it costs less than your hourly rate and it's important to outsource it I would bet that he's outsourced his tweeting. Yeah, but maybe, maybe yeah. he's considering um, his tweeting $10,000 per hour work. You don't know. Um, kind of like the highest leverage work because you have the potential to connect with a million minds. And I'm starting to sound like Neval. So I'll stop here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like the idea. And yeah. I'll mention, shall I mention that one? Yeah, I'll mention that number. So this is more of a, just a wacky idea that I, I would like. And that is the pizza vending machine. Oh, sorry, sorry. Can you go just uh, one second? Because, because I just remembered that I recently, actually, let me check, two days ago, a guy who actually follows me, I'm just seeing it, Jim Sarkardas, he has mm-hmm. 1,600 followers, tweeted hiring people is like buying superpowers. I teamed up some guy called Anthony Guigon. I don't know, Wigan. he has 300 followers. Um, okay, yes, <laughs> sorry, he has 300 uh, followers. And um, I teamed up with this guy um, to help me write more value-driven tweets. And my Twitter backlog is on fire. 
I love writing long-form SaaS UX content, but I hate writing short tweets. That's why I decided to play smart and ask for help. So he actually did it already. So treat it as a validation. People are already doing it, but not in an organized way. And this is perfect because you have a person um, who's already producing content mm-hmm. and you just need to put it in a different format, right? And actually, this is something I've been thinking about because I'm also a long-form content guy. I'm very comfortable writing uh, 5,000, 10,000 word posts, no problem. I can turn them out like nothing. But when I'm sitting in front of the tweet box, I'm blanking, right? And it's also for me much easier to write a long-form essay and then later go back to it and cut out little snippets from there. Mm -hmm. And obviously, this is something someone else could do for you. Just read your post. You find the most interesting pieces because he understands, right? Your thinking and obviously he's understanding your thinking because he's reading your stuff and yeah just puts them in the wrong right format like make sure it's not too long it's actually interesting and it's under it's, it can stand on its own and yeah that would be perfect yeah yeah how much do you how much how often do you write and what's your to yeah have you have you written up five thousand words post recently for example or, or just anything recently yeah, of course. I'm just one. Okay, I'm writing different stuff. I'm um, writing for my for my opportunities project, right? And two weeks ago, ten days a day, I wrote a thousand word post with a bunch of trends and ideas. But I'm um, also writing very long form essays, and most of them are never published because I'm really writing them for myself, and I'm too lazy to edit them, and don't think um, they would add much value. Um, but sometimes. I feel like there's something there and I put it online on my, on my personal site. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm writing all the time. And if I would now decide to um, focus a bit more on audience building, this is obviously where I would start, right? Just give someone access to, to this writing. And because I think there's interesting stuff, a lot of interesting stuff in there. And you, I, could, I could produce enough tweets for the next three years, probably. And you just have to do the work to actually go through and find the nuggets between the, the rants. Cool. Yeah. I'd say, so for the, yeah, it's interesting. The, I, I understand what you mean about it being easier to write long form. I write quite a lot and oh, I'm surrounded by loads of little notes and pads on my desk. And then, yeah, but the newsletter that I send out every week is on Substack has is very, I've kind of aimed for it to be very short and they are sort of like almost tweet length or slightly, slightly larger than tweet length, that little segments. And I try and aim for it to be under 400 words and it's in total and it almost never is. It's about 600 words normally. And the, yeah, I, I know exactly that feeling of the long form being harder because the, yeah, you, it's frustrating as soon as you get to the with a with a word limit there'll be the same, same on twitter you want to explore a topic in more detail there's only so much and so you have to cut out some things that are good some things that are interesting i i, I think the main issue is activation energy okay so because the activation energy is for me the same to write a long-form essay or a tweet but obviously the output is much larger and you actually can get into the flow right and once i'm writing i'm writing and I'm spending an hour, whatever, and just write. And with the tweet, it's like every tweet needs, again, activation energy. And it's very, very stressful in a sense, because each tweet, if you know what you're doing, at least uh, contains a thought on it in itself, right? And there's no, not, not necessarily a train of thought between them because they should stand on their own. That's the, the whole point of a tweet. Otherwise, it's an essay. And this is why I think, yeah, you have this activation energy once and then you can just write. And in the end, like I said, you can come back and just pick out the nuggets and make turn them into tweets. That would be a solid process, I think. Yeah, the activation energy reminds me of a technique that James Clear recommends in Atomic Habits, which is to do the very smallest thing possible. And so he says, if you, should, if you want to go to the gym more often, try putting out your gym shoes the night before, for example. Something like that. I agree with that often. Yeah. After you pass the activation energy, you can, it's, 
your way the the engine's running yeah yeah it's it's funny like everyone seems to have yeah. atomic epics except for me yeah. and i'm yeah and it's always like this with me if everyone has read it i'm i don't read it because um i feel like yeah okay and i guess like it's also one of these books where i feel like the title or like the The description already gives it all away. I mean, there are these books like the 80-20 rule or <laughs> I don't know, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. These these kind of books where you already know or the, the compound effect. And I don't need to read 300 words of stories um, to understand what the compound effect is or what the 80-20 rule is yeah. or why habits are important. So uh, I, I, I agree. And I think, in fact, I think, yeah, it's like, Sturgeon's rule applies particularly with 90% of everything is rubbish, applies particularly sharply to business books, in my opinion, or that kind of self-help books. I would say, however, of those that I've read, yeah, Atomic Habits is probably in the 10%, I think. And it, it's sold. It's sold crazy numbers, right? Um, How many copies did you sell? Like millions, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, you can look up. Over three or five, I can't read it. The image is too bad, but uh, I think three, it's absolutely madness. So, yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah. I'm just thinking what, yeah, there are a few, I think, have you, have you read Start Small, uh, Rob Halling's book, Start Small, Stay Small, A Developer's Guide to Launching a Startup and finding the nuggets within the, the many books that I think are 300, but that's not, I mean, that's quite a, a trite observation that some posts turned into books. No, no, but there's also something interesting here because Peter Levels actually shipped a new feature on Nomadlist called oh. a new filter called Hidden Hidden Gems. And the idea is that it simply removes the top 1,000 or something from the list. So you, you can actually see places that are cool but are not popular yet. And I, I tweeted um, that someone should please implement this feature on Goodreads um, because... It's, it's kind of crazy, right? You have like everyone talking about machine learning and recommendation engines obviously are powered by machine learning models like on Netflix, Amazon, whatever. But still, I'm having a very hard time finding good stuff to read or in the same way, good stuff to watch. And the main reason is because is you always get shown the same stuff, which is these mega bestsellers like Atomic Habits that you've already know about. I mean, yes, I, either I've already read Or I, I am aware that it exists and I've decided for good reason not to read it, right? But there's no point to show it to me again and again and again. And it's, it's really true. Like, and there are so many amazing books out there, but everyone seems to be reading. And you, you notice that if, you, if there's a tweet, uh, a thread on Twitter or wherever, someone asks for book re recommendations, right? And everyone recommends the same books yeah. all the time. And it's, it's, it's so crazy because there are millions of books being published every year, right? There's such a long tail and lots of very, lots of very good ones, but no one ever hears about them, reads them. They don't get recommended because yeah, people just get shown this. And so, yeah, I would love a hidden gem feature for books. Agreed. I'm constantly being shown the Lean Startup by Eric Ries when I, I don't want to read it. Um, exactly, 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 perfect. Yeah, I, I, I actually, and I wrote about this in my newsletter actually a few weeks ago about how there are it's interesting to think that there are millions hundreds of thousands well, so many books being published in the world and that have been published that you have no access to despite having your search engine but there'll be loads of books like one that my godfather wrote who wrote a children's book about he's a, he was a biologist and he wrote a children's book about biology and his he likes writing and he likes biology and science, but he doesn't have any skill or real interest in marketing. So he put the book, he put the, put the book up on Amazon and a few people have bought it, but you know, 20 people, let's say, and that book's now going to be stored in Amazon, but it's no one's ever going to, sadly, no one's going to see it. And yeah, it's called Hector and the Whale. That's the name. And, but lots of kids might love that book, but they're not going to see that a apply this to another, any other context, they will be, we will only see the tiniest, like only the tiniest fraction are going to be exposed to us normally when there may, there's going to be a vast 
amount of quality number of quality books that just don't have the budget or don't have the the marketing expertise and then also and then of course there'll be all those other books that throughout history that were destroyed or pre-digitalization like the library of alexandra burning down but even excluding those there are so many books that we have no access to here not really a matter of access or in many cases not a matter of um, access it's a matter of discovery right that's, that's more precise exactly we could probably enter right now i could go i could enter some keys on my keyboard that would take me to an amazing book that i've never read before but i don't exactly. know what it is i can literally my cursor's on my browser bar now don't know yeah and i a while ago i actually had an idea for how to solve this problem that i that are and it, it would be one of these fun side projects where you said at the beginning that you like them so the idea would be to and this is of course what what, what is already happening on Amazon or whatever, you get recommendations based on what you like, right? So you, you looked at these books and now we are showing you similar books. And this is um, working by matching you to people with a similar taste. And the problem currently is that these mega bestsellers get overemphasized and they really yeah, make your recommendations everywhere unusable, in my opinion, because then you have like these mega bestsellers, which of course appear everywhere in your network of people who also read and like and say my idea would be just to cut them out and match people based on unknown on niche books they've read and like not on these just just take them out of the equation um altogether and you could very easily do this by just um, leveraging the google the goodreads uh, social graph and i think I, i can't remember but i don't think they have a good api but you can just scrape or um, even have just people and, uh, manually. And this was actually how I was thinking about building an MVP for it, that people can, um, it's just a form, a website with a form, and people can enter five books that they like. Like the, kind of like the question that Peter Thiel likes to ask people, what's an important truth that very little pe people agree with you on, right? And in, in a similar sense, what, what, are, some, uh, what are five books that you like uh, where many, most people have not heard about, right? And so then you submit it and you get matched. You could do two things with it. The, the first thing is you can actually recommend books, obviously, because if um, you find a guy who uh, likes four, four of your five books as well, but one you haven't heard it before, then obviously I'm pretty sure um, that it will be interesting to you and you haven't heard about it because it's like we are just talking about niche books here. And mm. at the same time, I think it would be cool to, if, if you couldn't connect these people because um, connecting people um, over um, this kind of niche interest is, 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 is an incredible good way. If there, 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 there are certain kind of books that signal very clearly what kind of person you are and what you're interested in, uh, much better than most, most of the signals we have. And I mean, they are kind of popular, like these matchmaking services for lunch club or whatever in the worldwide where you're matched to someone and hop on a Zoom call and hope that you connect. But in my opinion, would add another dimension to it, right? You, you match based on your interest in, or because you have common interest niche books. So. Yeah, I, I agree. And that, that matchmaking ability or, like, or matchmaking potential is more clear. If you phrase a book as information that your mind, that you're exposing to your information that's passing through your mind, that's what it is. And so you're being matched with other people who've had the similar information throwing, flowing through their brain. Exactly. I think that could be magical. I have no idea if it would work, but I think it's worth a try. And like I said, um, it's very, very easy to do this experiment because I would just put up a form and I would use, I would honestly just use Airtable. You can use, they have native forms. You can put it online. Then I would use a card landing page and put it up there and let people enter five, five, five books. And I would do the matching manually, like at first, because I don't know how many people would sign up, but Again, it's worth a try and a fun experiment. And let's see. You should do that, Jacob. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm tempted to do that as well. The, the, yeah, I guess the yeah, recommend engines are, recommendation engines are, or Amazon's at least just pretty, pretty useless. Most of the time they, they just, it seems to me almost all the books that I am interested in, well, yeah, none of I've got from Amazon. Almost all of them I have got from recommendations from friends or from esoteric 
well, maybe not this one, esoteric blog, blog sites. Yeah, or maybe a, a, a comment buried someone on Hacker News or something, right? Yeah, one that, so, yeah, one that I'm dying, uh, that I'm, I'm enjoying talking about a lot, Jacob, I want to ask, if you, have you read Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality? Nope, I haven't. Okay, I'll, I strongly recommend that. And that is a good example of, of a book that almost can't be a very well i don't yeah i don't think it can be sold on amazon because it's it's a fan called Lisa yudkovsky you'd count i'm not quite sure how yeah. yeah yeah the founder of less wrong yeah of course and he wrote it and it is an epic like 1900 pages but yeah i read through it extremely quickly and have many nights of poor sleep over the past month or three weeks and yeah i think uh, it, it, the there are lessons of <laughs> what is this i'm just looking at it this is really harry potter fan fiction yeah <laughs> it's it's i i think it's extremely well written and it's in the harry potter world but it's not yeah i, I wasn't that interested in harry potter but i really like this book and i found it very funny and the fact that i have read it on multiple sessions for like six hours of crazed reading shows to me how compelling it is and there are lessons of rationality and thinking from less wrong embedded within it lots of times for instance you'll get harry who will be talking to dumbledore and dumbledore will be saying some grandiose speech and then harry will turn around and say well actually i think i think you've fallen into the the, the planning fallacy there dumbledore for these reasons <laughs> You might love it. You might love it, Jacob. I think I will. Ch I will check it out. But there's no audiobook. Damn. There is on Spotify. Some I didn't. Listen, I haven't listened to it. But some people. Some. Fans. Ah, there's a podcast. There's a podcast. Is it? Is it? Is it a podcast? Um, ha! That's that's cool. Okay. I, I yeah. I will check it out. Maybe maybe it's my cup of tea. Okay, and yeah. I guess we are a bit over time. My battery is dying right now. Well, you, you want to save the pizza um, idea for next time, or do it very quickly? Save it for next time. It's a bit of fun. Um, there isn't much more to it besides what I wrote there. <laughs> okay, let's, let's keep the suspense high. It's a, it's a real cliffhanger. Perfect. That was fun. Speak soon. Bye-bye.